Hi, welcome to BA Brew. I'm Jonathan. I'm Stefan. And I'm Debbie. Today we're going to talk about a subject that Stefan has suggested for us, and today's brew is going to be titled The Invisible Business Analyst. Stefan, what is it about this uh, this subject or this this um, discussion topic that's intrigued you? Why, why have we suggested this as a as a subject for our brew? Well, a few weeks ago, I posted something on LinkedIn uh, with regards to the book that Debbie and Christina have written on the BA services. And I, I, I feel that a lot of, uh, well, myself also included, have been very misunderstood on what business analysis is just about. Uh, like uh, departments, whole BA departments, uh, Debbie can talk about that, have been suspended or scrapped completely uh, because everything was going good. Well, thanks to the business, but no one understood that. So I think the BA is very often misunderstood or wrongly interpreted or how you call it. Yeah. Mm. Overlooked. Uh, Overlooked, I think. Overlooked, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No not as visible and maybe not as well listened to as perhaps we would like. Uh, exactly, exactly. And also uh, because there is, a, there is always this ambiguity about the profession, the role, whatever you call it. Um, some think it's all about IT solutions, others think it's more pre-project. And even within one organization, I've seen so many different interpretations of what the role is all about and which makes it very difficult to work in. And, and, and that's why we raised uh, this uh, this title. Yeah, yeah. Debbie, what, what's your meaning? What are your thoughts behind this term, the invisible BA? What was it? What, what does it con conjure up in your mind? It's it's a really funny thing, isn't it? Because it's it's one of those situations where if the analysis is done, then and things don't go wrong, then people say, well, what was the point in doing all that work? Mm. And what often happens is the fact that it hasn't gone wrong is because we've done all that work, but it's not that visible because it's very difficult to see that something else might have happened sometimes. Mm. So Stefan and I were talking about it and we were talking about this issue of visibility. You know, how is it that business analysis work is, is overlooked and is almost invisible? And mm. it's because when it works well, you don't see anything. I suppose as an analogy, if, if your car runs out of oil, it, it, you know, it breaks down, there's an issue. And it's almost as if the BA is the oil helping the change initiative move forward. And you don't notice it there. It's there if everything's working fine. Yeah. It's sort of a, it's a successful initiative if no one's we haven't dropped the ball in terms of there's been an impact that wasn't foreseen or, or a risk that's occurred that someone has not thought of. Yeah, well, as I mentioned also earlier about this uh, ambiguity of the role and profession, it's also something about that because BA is like a, a doctor in medicine. You can be a, a home doctor or, or a specialist in some kind yeah. of stuff. It's very broad and very... Uh, well, very broad. And a lot of BAs are working on solutions, which is a shared domain with uh, system or functional analysts. So they don't get noticed. They can't, they're not that well distinguished from, from, from those other people, from those other roles. And then you have the BAs who are doing more the problem and opportunity analysis, a bit pre-project. And the thing, the results of the deliverables that come out of there, they're not rocket science. They're like 
oh, I could have done that. The thing is, it takes a lot of time to get to that result, and people don't understand. It's like, oh, this is this is this is trivial. Why why do we need to pay uh, BAs for that or, or a lot of money for that? And and I think it's it's a combination of both. Yes, certainly remember working with um, some trained professionals in the past that, that seemed to think that BA was a note taker or that anyone could do business analysis. And um, I, I think it is, you know, it's a, it's a specialist skill uh, that you, you have to you know, focus and, and to learn. Um, but there's a, there's a tool set and there's standards and, and there's a whole body of knowledge underneath this profession. that I'm not sure that those outside of the profession are aware of. Mm. That there, there is this profession. It is a profession, as far as I'm, I'm concerned. But it, it, we're not as good at selling ourselves or marketing ourselves as a profession as perhaps some of our counterparts in the change profession. Yeah, and and I think I think there's a good point behind profession because to me, if you think you're part of a profession, then you aim to be a professional, don't you? Mm. You aim to gain a skill set. You constantly aim to learn, to keep up to date, to really hone those skills so you become good at it. Mm. Um, but I think a lot of people think that business analysis, you know, is maybe drawing a process model and, hey, who can't draw a flowchart after all? Um, drawing a good, clear, effective flowchart is, of course, a very different matter. And, and that's the difference, I think, sometimes. But I also think that it is a broad discipline or profession, as I like to think of it, too. And at its simplest level, a lot of people could say, I can do that. But doing it well and really making a difference, that's a whole different ballgame altogether. And that's the bit that I'm not sure we quite communicate clearly. And it comes back to what you were saying, Stefan, about if the role is ambiguous, and, and we're not cl clearly communicating it, then does that lead to invisibility? Hmm. Should, should we try and define the role? Should we try and define business analysis? And Debbie, <laughs> I think you might be the best person to come to. Go to Stefan. <laughs> so Stefan, you, you can sit and think. <laughs> well, whoever starts, Debbie, you or me? Ladies first, I would say. <laughs> I'm very happy for you to start, Stefan, actually, on that one. Well, well, the thing is, what I use in my uh, presentations more, more and more is, is um, I call it, uh, I, I define business as more by, by its output instead of like a very trendy or, or fancy uh, definition. It's, I would call it the, the, the core purpose of business analysis is facilitating and or co-creating better business outcomes, which is again broad, but for me that summarizes what a BA is. It's a helping to create better business outcomes by facilitating or co-creation. And, and I like that because, I mean, Jonathan and I are always on the same page on this, but I'm a very outcome-focused person. So, and if you're an outcome-focused person, you always start with asking why. And then, you know, so to me, business analysis is asking why, understanding what outcomes wanted, and then helping move towards that, which is the co-creation angle. The problem with that is it's so broad that lots of other professions could say, oh, yeah, I do that. I do that, you know. And actually, I think a lot of other professions do a part of it. 
But that sort of underlying thinking that explores the why, that defines the outcomes, and that says this is the direction we need to move in, or here are the options for that direction, and then helps co-create, ensure that people's voices are heard along the way, ensure the outcome is the direction you're continuing to go in, in terms of understanding the needs to be met. I see all that in business analysis. And I think without that, organizations can waste an awful lot of money on a lot of very failed change initiatives. Mm-hmm. Okay, Jonathan, your go. Well, I'm not sure I can, <laughs> I can go beyond that, but I, I just want to add in aligned with strategy. So we're, we're achieving these outcomes um, in alignment with the organization's strategy, but that doesn't mean that we're not flexible, we can't help the organization achieve tactical uh, wins. Um, but I think one of the problems in terms of why is the profession invisible is because we ourselves as business analysts struggle to articulate what it is that we do and what benefit that is. And, and even amongst ourselves, just the three of us here, we have so slightly different views. And if we look at that as a, in terms of the whole profession, each business analyst professional describes to their colleagues, to their friends, family, what it is that they do ever so slightly differently. I think that's one of the root causes of this invisibility issue because we're not consistent. Um, but to try and get a consistent standard definition in terms of this is business analysis, uh, I think it's really challenging. Um, but I think we've gone some way towards obtaining in the last few years, particularly with the work you've done, Debbie. I remember the introduction of the keynote of Debbie. I think it was uh, Balkan Conference or, or, yeah, I think it was Balkan Conference. Like a project manager manages projects. A developer develops code. But a business analyst analyzing business, or a change analyst, Mm. a change manager, managing change, that's that's tricky. (laughs) And and that's it because... You can't tie a deliverable into that. You can tie an outcome, mm. but the outcome can be quite intangible. And it's, it's quite funny you say that, Stefan, because I, I just thought that one day. I thought, you know, if I was a project manager and somebody said, what do you do? I'd say I manage projects and everybody would go, yes, I can see that. I, I've got a context for that. But if you say, oh, I analyze business or businesses, mm. you can see people looking at you with that sort of, really? What on earth does that mean? <laughs> Yeah. Well, if, if, well, and with the funny part is if you see the majority of the business house only are working on solutions like, okay, where is the business in your analysis? Uh, analysis? Yeah, that's, that's very funny. I, I had the, the pleasure of um, getting a COVID test at a drive-through centre um, at the airport. I flew, flew home from holiday at last week. And I, I, had to, I was sat in a queue. I had my details checked. We'd already registered our details online, but our, our details were checked and someone wrote down our names and our passport numbers. And then half an hour later, as we sat in the queue, someone else wrote down our names and our passport numbers. And then they checked what it was that we'd ordered, which was all submitted online. And then there was a walk to and from our car to a cabin to bring out some tests that were then deposited on our bonnet. Then another person came and collected these tests and moved them. I'm not quite sure where they moved them to. And then another person came in and introduced themselves and just checked our names just one more time. And and it was so frustrating. I was sat there thinking there's no business analysis happened. No one's looked at the process. 
and I was looked at the customer experience and the outcome was, you know, for me, a lot of wasted time, money, frustration, um, and it not, it's not good for the organization administering that process. And it's certainly not good for the stakeholders, the customers of the process. And it's, you just, I, I could just tell there's no, there wasn't a competent business analyst that set up that process was helped to establish what was happening. We just see it, see it all the time. I'm sure you guys do as well in terms of you interact with a company or organization. You can just tell there's been no analysis of the business and the business outcomes. Absolutely. It's interesting, actually, because, and I'm sure, Stefan, you're going to say the same, but the number of times I encounter an organization or a website or a situation and I say, okay, there was no business analysis involved here and I can tell. Mm. So can we turn that around somehow? You know, how do we make that more prominent? Because there are so many examples where you say, and like you, I'm, I say it out loud, where was the analysis in this? I remember saying it once to somebody who was a senior manager in an organization about um, a product they were developing for internal use. And I said to her when she was describing it to me, and I said, but who did the analysis? And she said, Debbie, if a business analyst had been involved in this project, she said, I will just eat the desk, let alone my hat. You know, she said, you can absolutely tell that there is no analysis. Now, that woman, she was a senior manager. She wasn't a business analyst, but she knew enough to know it hadn't been done. How do we call this out? Because it's everywhere. Well, it's, it's the million dollar question, isn't it? I, I think... I, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go for it, Stefan. Go for it, Stefan. I, I, well, I also seen that in my career. I'm a consultant. So I worked six months here, a year there, two years there. And I've seen, uh, last two years, I've seen quite a few, a lot of middle managers who, who, who quite understand very well what business analysis is about. And they are withheld by the upper level of management, the C-level, director's level, whatever, because they don't understand and then they, they they take a kind of micromanagement decision. So like, well, I don't I see a different way. And 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 the middle manager says like, uh, sorry, and and they're blocked and 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 they can't continue doing proper work. Like in the example of you, Debbie, the manager that says like, oh, I would eat my desk or my hat. I probably she was someone up there was, uh, yeah, blocking the situation. Yeah, somebody with a budget. <laughs> yeah, and and the thing is, I always do that in my talk. I've got a whole process, and it's it's very similar to what the Robertsons do. And the very first part is almost half of the whole drawing, mm. but it takes only a week, two weeks, three weeks if you got the right people, and it doesn't need to be that expensive. Um, and and that's a misunderstanding. We don't want to have a long time of analysis. Well, well, don't do that. Take yeah. a short time analysis and do it right. And don't do it all detailed, but start with a high level. Come on, start with a high level and zoom in where you need to want to zoom in on your priorities. So, yeah, a total misunderstanding. So, yeah. Just sat there and I'm pleased I've had some time to think now, Stefan. Sorry. I was just thinking, what's Ooh. the goal here? Do, is the goal to have a well-respected profession? What, what is our goal? Because I think, you know, the invisible business analyst it's, it's, it's partly because there's a lack of professional respect 
for business analyst professionals. And so there's, there's various root causes of that, but I think competency has to play a part in this discussion because if we are competent at performing business analysis, then it's more likely that it'll be recognized and there'll be you know, some business analysts that are not competent that bring down the, the perception of our profession and, and that needs to be called out by ourselves as, as, as much as anyone else calling that out. But I do think building and working on our competence and then being confident so if we're, if we're competent, we can then be confident in selling ourselves, in, not in terms of selling our consultancy services internally or externally, just selling the value of the work that we do and, and talking about how it is that we've achieved the outcomes that we've helped businesses to achieve. So just a couple of my two pennies <laughs> worth. Debbie. Well, I think what we're talking about is taking the invisible BA and making it into the visible BA. Mm. And I think some of the things that you've both said have just made me think, yeah, people are very good at understanding tangible things. Do you know that? Mm. And, and it's the same when you put a business case together, isn't it? As soon as you start talking about intangibles, it all gets a bit vague and ambiguous. So it's those tangible things. And, and one of the things that, that I do come down to is saying, well, first of all, you won't undertake projects without understanding why, and therefore you are likely to have projects that succeed rather than projects that fail, which means you will waste less money. <laughs> and I sort of come down to some of that ultimately, yeah. because that's what it is really, isn't it? You know, you see, you know, governments and businesses spending a fortune on these wasted change initiatives where with a little bit of analytical thought, they might have done something completely differently. Mm. And But I do agree with you, Jonathan, as well. We need the business analysts to be as good as they can be. You know, mm. as that thing about the profession, we need to be professionals as well as in a profession and, and really sort of stepping up and making our voices heard and, and not being afraid to speak out sometimes, you know, where we can see an organization going down the wrong path. So mm. that's my four penneth. <laughs> Stefan, anything to add to that? Well, remember, Einstein once said, if I had to save the world in 60 minutes, I would take 55 to 58 minutes to understand the problem. <sighs> Love it. And and, and that is the thing, the BA is there to understand the problem or the opportunities. And if you've got that role very tangible, the solution comes out almost straight away. I can give examples. I do examples in my workshops, in my, in my teachings. And it's so, well, the first the problems, the opportunity, the why. Why are we doing this? And, yeah. and, and therefore, you need someone to take that along. But if, you, if, you get, if I get into a, a project, I immediately, like, here is the solution. We want this to CRM. And like, who, who, who? And why are you doing that? That's not important. Why is that not important? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so I, I don't want to work on a project anymore if there's no why, if there's no reply to why. If, I don't want to work anymore on that kind of project because it's going to fail always. There's no exception for that. Yeah. You know, I really like that because I've got, I've got a quote and I'm not going to be able to remember it verbatim, but it's Warren Buffett, you know, one of the richest men in the world. And his comment was 
that he spends much more time thinking about problems and issues than most people and therefore he makes better decisions mm -hmm. so maybe one of the things we could do is start thinking about all of these brilliant and successful and renowned people who acknowledge the importance of thinking yeah. Yeah. Um, and maybe that will help yeah there's a there's a book i read a few years ago i haven't got a quote from him but uh, a book by ray dalio called principles and it's uh he, he talks about how he built up a company i believe it's bridgewater it's a meritocracy and in in the company culture they looked for believable people to help to make decisions and so to make a decision you had to have competency in the area and a track record of making decisions in a competent way and i just think that if we you know track and log some of our decisions and how business analysts influence in a positive way you know the, the questions you might ask at the start of the project could avoid a huge spend that would be wasted if the questions weren't asked maybe we should create a few case studies of things like that and share it amongst the community um i know i i, I asked some questions of a project um early on in my career that um stopped a project going ahead that would have cost it was a two and a half million spend on the project but the annual losses in terms of fraud that were prevented because of the analysis that happened stopped the company losing between one and two hundred million pounds per annum wow. and 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 those kind of i, I know that's an outlier it's the only time i've had that sort of saving that i've been able to identify but um and it wasn't me on my own but the, we should shout out more about the impact of positive analysis and not, not be afraid to share these these examples. Yeah, I can also come up with a number of examples of that where you save hundreds of thousands of euros, even millions. And it's indeed that kind of cases uh, we should yeah. shout out and get a platform to... <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that's a really good thought because I've also been involved in a piece of work where I did a feasibility study and said, do not do this and here are the reasons why and this is what it's likely not only to cost you but the the possible fallout from it could have been huge yeah. i just wonder how many business analysts have also got those stories because that again is a tangible outcome you know we're not just saying you will make better decisions and you will not waste money we can say because actually we can stop things in their track that are likely to cause you a lot of expense or a lot of damage to your business um, I bet there's a lot of BAs that could say that. We should we should come up with a platform, a kind of blog where people can uh, add some stories in there. Yeah, storytelling. It's fantastic. Love storytelling. <laughs> yeah. All right, we're coming towards the end, but I, I just mindful. Um, Stefan, anything that you wanted to say that we you haven't yet said? Any final thoughts on this subject, the invisible BA? <sighs> well, uh, coming back to the impact analysis, if a BA is holistic and it should be part of our genes, uh, our DNA, then we would always think on the whole and all of all the parts. And if more and more BAs would think that way, I think we would have been in a much better situation today. Mm -hmm. Brilliant. Debbie, any final thoughts? I completely agree with what Stefan said. And interestingly, I was actually pondering this in the middle of the night when I couldn't sleep. Okay, and I was thinking through the puppet model for business analysis. 
<laughs> because that is how desperately sad I really am. <laughs> okay. In, in the middle of a global pandemic, run up to Christmas. <laughs> Poppet's keeping you awake at night. Poppet is keeping no, no, you awake. Poppet wasn't keeping me awake. Oh. It was entertaining my brain when I couldn't sleep. Oh. Oh, okay. But I was thinking about the whole holistic nature of business analysis. And I was thinking about particularly the organizational element and, and I was thinking through culture and, and role clarity and things like that. And I came to the conclusion that thinking holistically is absolutely vital. Something I probably knew before I started thinking in the middle of the night, but it just, it just brings me up short every time that if you don't look at problems holistically, then the chances of something going horribly wrong in one direction or another yeah. are huge. Yeah. I agree. Well, thank you. I'm not going to add anything else to that. <laughs> I can't top Poppet keeping me awake at night. Um, I just want to say a huge thanks, Stefan, for suggesting this as a discussion subject. I um, really enjoyed having you on The Brew. Um, thank you to all of our listeners and people that watch the, the podcast. If you'd like to suggest an idea for a topic for The Brew or to come on and, and be a guest on The Brew, uh, please do email us. It's uh, babrew at assistkd.com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.